0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our reading is the Gospel from St. Luke, which you have already heard. You may be seated. On Friday, we left behind the Christmas season where we again contemplated, as we say in the Creed, the words, who Jesus, who came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. And was made man. It is certainly a joy to ponder this great mystery that was hidden from the foundation of the world and now how it has been revealed in the sight of all people, both Jews and us Gentiles. The texts of Jesus' birth narrative remind us of who it is that gives children to parents that it is the Lord God himself who opens the womb of a woman. Christ was conceived without the aid of a man, and although men participated in every other conception in the history of humankind, the biblical testimony on this is clear. From Adam and Eve, to Abraham and Sarah, to Jacob and his wives, to Zechariah and Elizabeth, down to us today, that it is God who gives children. The psalmist teaches us to pray, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. And again, Psalm 127, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Today, we will see how the Lord God gave to Joseph and Mary, the child Jesus, and how that teaches us about what it is to be parents to children. But also, we will see how children are to be towards their parents and their Heavenly Father as well. So first, let's look at what the Lord says of parents. Today, we only have a snapshot of the childhood of Jesus 12 years old, his family has gone up to Jerusalem for the Passover, and we can presume that this happened every year. The gospel tells us that it was Jesus' custom to go to the synagogue on Sabbath and for the festivals, and Luke told us today that it was Joseph and Mary's custom going up to the temple for the Passover that sets this pattern for the life of Jesus. Now, although it is not within the power of parents to convert the hearts of our children, to cleanse them of sin, or even to keep them in God's grace, we can, by our example and by the priorities that we set, show them a different path that leads them away from their Savior Jesus. We must be aware that the things that we prioritize, the things that we say are most important, not by our words, but also by our actions, will have an impact on our children. One day, the Lord will ask of us, what did you do with the children that I gave into your care? Our first duty as parents then, is to pray for our children even before they are born. There have been so many studies that have come out in recent years that tell us that parents hear their children's or the, that children hear their parents' voices while they're even in the wombs of their mothers. And so this sh- should encourage us to pray out loud, to sing hymns, to read scripture to them even as they are developing in the womb. In this way, parents already begin to carry their children to Jesus as the parents brought their children to Jesus in the scriptures, that he might lay his hands on them and bless them. Jesus is the one who says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for, them, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. In Luke's gospel, the word he uses for children is also the word that is used to describe even infants in the womb, that we can even carry them to our Savior Jesus. In our baptism, our Lord clothes our children with the promise of eternal life and the resurrection to everlasting life that comes from the forgiveness of sins that was won for them by Christ in his death. Baptism is a priority that God places upon parents because it is the power of God for salvation for the child. This is why it is essential that baptism not be delayed any longer than it needs to be, but that we apply those promises to the children as soon as we can. But baptism isn't the end of our duty as parents. We, like Joseph and Mary, ought to carry our children daily to the Lord. Our concern day and night ought to be for the salvation of their souls and should be constantly part of our praying. This includes spending time with our kids in God's word, teaching them to pray and singing hymns in the home so that the fear, love and trust in God that we learn about in catechism from the first commandment begins to flow from parents to the children as it's mingled with their daily food and drink. Divine service and daily devotion in the home to God is in neglect in many churches today, and it is, no long, it is no wonder that our synod, broadly speaking, has a very low retention rate for children after confirmation. It's something like half of all of the kids in the Missouri Synod that are confirmed eventually fall away from the church and do not return. Instead, we should teach our children... From the get-go, to sing joyfully, I am baptized. I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. My sins are forgiven. This cannot wait until we can send them to school or Sunday school, as if having a Christian school alone fulfills our duty as parents. We cannot simply wait until confirmation and say, well, now it's the pastor's job to teach our children the Christian faith. You parents are the first and primary teachers for your children when it comes to God's Word. Our small catechism even recognizes this. Above many of the sections in the catechism, you'll find these words, as the head of the family should teach it in a simple way to his household. That means not Sunday school teachers, not pastors, not Christian day school teachers, but parents are indeed the first and most important teachers that our children have in the Christian faith. We must not be unfaithful in our stewardship of our children that God has given to us by simply passing them off to religious education and to the pastors when it's time for catechism. Now, I know that many of you also no longer have children in the home. And if your children are not in church, I also know that there can be some guilt that has been associated with this. As a pastor, I've had to counsel many parents whose grown children are no longer in the church and to bring them comfort and peace with what God says. There's a desire sometimes to want to go back and maybe do something different. Do something that you didn't try before that maybe this time it would work. But you can't go back in time, unfortunately. But I will say that that desire to want to go and do something different in the past is evidence of a repentant heart. So I have good news for those who bear this guilt. Your sins, which are many, are forgiven you. Christ Jesus has released you from all of your burdens of sin. And so that is why Christ comes to you today in his holy word to forgive you all your sins and the sins that you carry around in your soul. You cannot change the past. But I want you to remember that Jesus' forgiveness of your sins is much greater than our past could ever overwhelm. So now that you've been freed from your sins, you're also free to continue to do your duty as parents, even to your adult children. Yes, you will fall short. Yes, you will fail. But that's why we come back here, to receive the forgiveness of sins that Jesus gives to us week in and week out. So let me ask you, especially you who no longer have children in the home, Aren't you still your children's parents? Are you grandparents who have grandchildren who are not in the church? Aren't you still grandparents of those children? And the answer is, yes, of course you are. Nothing can dissolve that bond because it is God himself who has established it. Remember, we said earlier, But it is God who opens the womb and gives the gift of children. God has established that relationship with your children and grandchildren. And nothing can dissolve it. You can, even though your children are grown, still care for the spiritual well-being of your children, even when they're not at home. And just as I encouraged you to pray before, that's the most important thing that you can do now. You can bring your children before the Lord in prayer. Pray that the Holy Spirit would enlighten their hearts and minds by the preaching of God's Word. Even if it was the preaching of God's Word that they heard many years ago that they no longer are hearing on a week-by-week basis. People loved by God. God promises to hear your prayers, and He delights in answering them. You can also remind your children of their baptism. Earlier, I mentioned that you can teach your young children to joyfully sing that they are baptized. But this is something that you can do even for your adult children, too. When you remind them that they are baptized, you can remind them that they are baptized into the Christian faith. And that, rem- that, that means that they are God's beloved children. And even though they may not be in church, because they are God's children... That means that he still loves and cares for them, even to this day. If your children went through confirmation, you can remind them of the vows that they made before God and before the congregation. At confirmation, we promise to continue to hear God's word and to receive his sacrament faithfully. We also promise that we will remain steadfast in the church and suffer all, even death, rather than to fall away from it. And finally, as parents, you can still speak to your children about the salvation that God has offered to them in his son through the word and through the sacraments. I say this by way of an encouragement. Years ago, back when I was a pastor in Iowa, I had a man who uh, had a son who had fallen away from the faith, And when I was talking with him, I encouraged him to speak to him about his faith with his his son and to encourage him to go back to church. He lived a couple of hours away from his parents. And after that conversation with his son, a new relationship began between the dad and his son. And they struck up this habit of calling each other once a week and spending some time in talking about God's word and going through some portion of scripture together. I even heard a story this week about how a man near his death was converted again to the Christian faith and even asked for pastors and people to come and to pray with him and to share the comfort of the gospel with him. You see, when you carry your children to God, whether they're grown or not. God hears your struggles. He hears your prayers and sighs. Even though you may not see evidence for faith, do not despair. God sees these things. He knows that the desire of your heart is that your children be saved. And that's also His desire too. God wants your children to know Him. And to know the salvation that he has accomplished for them by his death on the cross. So we wait and we see what God does. He tells us through the prophet Isaiah that his word does not return to him empty, but it accomplishes that for which he sends it out. God will honor his promises. Now, we'll turn to the other subject that this gospel reading places before us how God teaches children to be, per- to be uh, children of their heavenly father, but also children of their earthly parents. So kids, this part is only for you. It is not for your moms and dads. So you all should listen carefully here. Dear littlest saints, in our text for today, Jesus is teaching you how to be faithful children of your heavenly father. Look at how Jesus serves his heavenly father in this text. He goes to the temple with his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph, and he hears the word of God. He answers, he asks questions of those who are the Bible teachers there in the temple. Jesus is sitting there learning about the scriptures from those who teach it. Think about what you do in school. When you're learning math and science and social studies and all of that stuff, Don't your teachers ask you questions about the subject that you're studying right then and there? That's how you learn about math and science and all of that stuff that you do in school. This is also how we learn the Word of God. Math and science and all of that stuff is going to help you get a job one day. But when you ask questions and you learn about the Word of God in church or from your mom and dad or from your grandparents... This is how God is teaching you about himself and about the salvation that he has won for you and that you will one day see with your own eyes when you enter into his kingdom. Hearing God's word is the way Jesus serves his heavenly father here and that's how you can also serve your heavenly father as well. Now, the other thing you littlest saints can do For uh, to do as Jesus does here is to listen to and obey your parents. This is an important part of your life right now. God gives everyone a job. I have a job. Mrs. McKinley has a job. Your parents and your grandparents, they all had jobs. Well, your job right now is to listen to what your parents have to say to you. Jesus does this first By doing everything God the Father tells him to do. He didn't have to do these things, but he wanted to because he wanted to please his heavenly Father. But also, in the story from Luke that we read today, Jesus goes with his mom and dad back to Nazareth, and he's submissive to them. Jesus is God, and yet he obeyed his earthly parents. He didn't have to do these things, but he did out of his love for them, but also for you as well. And in this, he shows his love for his heavenly father. So when you learn God's word in church or Sunday school or in school, and you listen to your parents, you're doing as Jesus did, and that's pleasing both to your heavenly father, but also to your earthly parents as well. Some of you may have already studied some of the commandments You remember the fourth commandment is honor your father and your mother. God has put this in his commandments because it is an essential thing. It is something that makes him happy with us. He even makes a promise with it. He says that when we honor our father and mother, it will go well with us and we'll live long in the land. But the most important thing that you littlest saints can do is to see how Jesus came as a little child. And in our text for today, we see him as a 12-year-old boy. And that shows us that Jesus didn't just come for grown-ups. Jesus is not just for adults. Jesus is not a Savior just for grown-ups. He is a Savior for grown-ups, but he's not just a Savior for grown-ups. That Jesus has come to forgive your sins as well his love for you will never fail it will never go away and he's going to watch over you all the days of your life and one day he's going to bring you into his heavenly kingdom so remember you are baptized and the body and blood that were broken And given and shed for you that your mom and dad come up here to eat and drink for the forgiveness of their sins. That's for you too. That Jesus has come to give his life for you. That you would have everlasting life. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.